Welcome to the Be Free program where you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hi, I'm Loretta Roschke, your host, and my co-host Dawn Kennedy is with me. And we are going to start our live recording of our radio program. And uh, we just love that you get to visit and be with us and, and join us. And, and you, you are a part of what we are doing. And we love that. We, and we love your interaction by Facebook uh, whenever you are commenting and all that. So Facebook and radio, awesome. Good morning, good morning, or whenever time you listen or watch this. So it's so good to have you all. And we're so grateful, Don, that we get to air on Jam Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. KERV AM 1230, which is Kerrville's oldest uh, radio station. It's the original radio station. It's still going. And 107.7 FM, the light. The light of the gospel. Because Justin was watching just a minute ago at Jam. And he <laughs> said, y'all are doing a great job, ladies. <laughs> I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> then we flub it. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Aren't you glad that God um, has a sense of humor, and we do, too, and we just, you know, go on. And now, used to, that would drive me crazy. So, so Radio Land, those that you don't know what happened, we tried our live Facebook feed earlier, and we totally, we as in, I forgot to hit the timer, so when I get started talking, we could go three hours, and I'm not, we only have an hour show, right? And so, we had to start all over and everything after we'd already been going for a few minutes. So, you know, that's the way humans are. We make mistakes. Um, I, I seem to, to make um, uh, quite a few, but, you know, thank God for mercy and grace. But today we're going to talk about the uh, power of Pentecost. The power of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost is coming up on May 31st, uh, and it it celebrates the time that the Holy Spirit fell uh, in Acts chapter 2. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's an original feast that um, the Israelites, the Jewish people, still celebrate in this day. And I'm going to be doing some uh, referring back to this book. It's called Jesus and the Feast of Israel by Richard Booker. And it's just so cool because uh, there's so many hidden truths in the feast. Uh, in the tabernacle, all the different elements of the tabernacle. Every single thing is symbolic and foreshadows Christ and Him coming to die for us and being raised from the dead, you know, and being our Savior and all those things. It's all symbolic. It's all, uh, there's so much revelation and details that you miss if you just skim over the top. But we're going to be looking at specifically uh, Pentecost. Now, there were three feast seasons which was Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And uh, as I said, we're coming upon Pentecost. Actually, today, the date of this recording, which is uh, Thursday the 21st, actually, we this is called Ascension Day, where Jesus rose from the dead and he thank ascended you, Father, to for the doing Father. That, by the way, thank you yes. Jesus for doing that for us. Yes, thank you Lord. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your death, burial, and resurrection and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's exalted and sitting by at the right hand of the Father. And so we celebrate today the ascension day of Jesus Christ going to heaven, right? But he told them to go and wait before he did that go and wait. You know, Wait before the promise. Wait for the promise of the Father. And so he is. Uh, that's ten days later, which is Pentecost. So we're talking about uh, feast festivals in the feast. 
which are Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And they represent three major encounters that God has with his people, right? And so I was talking, I just want to talk about how when you have a feast and you prepare all this food, you know how we women, and men help sometimes, you know, some men do. I don't know. (laughs) Some men help prepare Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner. And so um, you prepare all this food it's, it's a big thing like for Thanksgiving and you're going to celebrate Thanksgiving, giving thanks to God. It represents something, but it also represents fellowship, spending time together, reconnecting, right? Well, the festival. Where do you think we got that? That's right. <laughs> yeah. And so it came from the Lord. He has three major feasts, which are encounters where he desires to encounter us. Mm-hmm. Uh, to have time with us, to fellowship. And it's it's designed for him to be in our midst and us to be in his midst, to be in his presence. And I love that. So, excuse me, in the uh, feast known as Passover, which we just had, what that was, just real quickly, is when they were in slavery in Egypt, the children of Israel, And uh, Pharaoh would not let them go. Mm -hmm. And they were slaves. They were treated harshly. They'd been there for over 400 years in captivity. And Moses went to Pharaoh because God said, let my people go. You set my people free that they may worship me. Well, he wouldn't do it. So all these plagues came. The last and final plague was the death of the firstborn. But the Lord told his people uh, that night... When they knew that 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 plague was going to come, he said, you kill a unblemished lamb, a spotless lamb, perfect lamb, and then take the blood, (coughs) excuse me, of that lamb and put it on the doorpost of your home, on the outside of your home, the blood of the, uh, the blood of the lamb. And when the death angel comes or the plague comes, it will pass over it will pass over you and so we literally celebrated a we celebrated a literal passover mm-hmm. this passover mm-hmm. with this pandemic uh and and israel for the first time the jewish people for the first time since that day in egypt when they put the blood on the lamb for the first time, the people, the Jewish people actually were quarantined, sequestered in their homes as they were back this year. then. Yeah, this year they were. They, yeah, they were sequestered in their homes. And it was a literal Passover. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe that we're going to have a literal Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been so much prophecies concerning that. But the... Uh, Passover was established by God for the purpose, listen, of teaching us how to find God's peace. It represents, it represents salvation. Mm-hmm. It represents Jesus. In fact, let me just let me just read you this out of John chapter one, verse twenty nine. Says John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world." Behold, the Lamb of God. Jesus was the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the, of the world. And uh, we will read more about that later uh, in from that verse. 
So he Passover was meant to teach us about how to find God's peace. We find God's peace, God's peace. Now listen to this. When we appropriate Jesus as the Passover, the Passover lamb who died for our sins. In other words, we make it personal what Christ did, his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Right? He came to save the world, those that would accept him. And you know who? Everyone was destined is destined to be saved. It's just by choice. Right, that's right. <laughs> he, he, everybody's chosen, in other words. That's right. Everyone's chosen, but it's the ones that say yes. Mm-hmm. Just putting that out there. We find peace when we appropriate, when with God, when we appropriate Jesus as the Passover lamb who died for our sins. We find the peace of God through Jesus as our unleavened bread. And you're going to know what that means more in a few minutes. And first fruits representative. The, and, but when it comes to Pentecost, he not only desires that we know peace, but that we also know his power. So we're going to be talking about the power of Pentecost. By using the Feast of Pentecost as a visual aid, God teaches us how to receive this power. So the Feast of Pentecost represents the second major encounter the Christian can have with God. I love it. So, we are going to, first of all, let's go to Leviticus 23. I'm going to do a little bit of background. They're going to get into some more application. So, in Leviticus 23, starting at, let's see here. Let's start at verse 1. This is talking about the Feast of the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, The Feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be Shall, you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feast. Okay? These are the feasts of the Lord, holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. And I'm going to skip on down. The feast of the first fruits. And there's the feast of weeks. And there's the day of atonement. And the feast of the first fruits uh, is uh, the same as the um, feast of Pentecost. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you give it, come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest, of your harvest, okay? He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it, and you shall offer on that day when you wave the sheaf a male lamb of the first year without blemish as a burnt offering to the Lord. Its grain offering shall be two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to the Lord for a sweet aroma, and its drink offering shall be of wine, one-fourth of a hen. You shall eat neither bread nor parched grain nor fresh grain until the same day that you have brought an offering to your God, and it shall be... A um, uh, throughout your generations. And you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you bring the sheaf of wave offering, seven Sabbaths to be complete. Count 50. Pentecost. Pente 50. That's what that means. Pentecost. 50 days to the day after the seventh grain, then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. Okay? Uh, you shall bring from your dwellings two wave loaves, of two-tenths of an ephah, they shall be of fine flour, they shall be baked with leaven, they are the first roots to the Lord. And you shall offer with your bread seven lambs of the first year, without blemish. 
So they would, uh, and I'm going to skip on down. The priest shall wave them, the bread, of the first fruits as a wave offering before the Lord with the two lambs, and they shall be holy to the Lord for the priest. And you shall proclaim a holy convocation. Now you can go back and read Leviticus 23, and I, I invite you to do that. That it's it's so because uh, these are the original feast, okay, mm-hmm. when they were instituted. Uh, you in verse 22 of Leviticus 23, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap holy the corners of your field. Uh, you shall reap nor shall you gather any gleaning from your harvest. You shall leave for them for the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. That was actually God's welfare plan. Mm-hmm. You know, that was where those that were that were were hungry and didn't have, God provided mm-hmm. literally for them. And he will provide for us today. And so, but they would take that, that wave, they'd make it with fine flour, and they would wave it before the Lord. So they had to count 50 days after the Passover. And um, and there would be the Pentecost. So uh, you shall, so it marked the beginning of the barley harvest. The Excuse me, I'm on the wrong one here. I'm moving over here. Ah, there we go. The main activity of the Feast of Pentecost was the presentation of a wave offering to the Lord. I love the way this author puts this. Two loaves of bread baked with leaven. This bread was made of fine flour that had been carefully sifted to separate the coarse matter from the wheat. The wave offering expressed the the Hebrews' dependence on God for the harvest and their daily bread. So this was a Thanksgiving harvest. So... Let's look at those things. It was a celebration of the harvest of how God had taken care of them, how God had provided for them and gave, given them what they needed to eat. It was a wave offering declaring also that everything they had came from God, that he was their source. You know, Jesus, What's one of the things that he's known as is the bread of heaven or the manna from heaven. He's the bread of life. So it was... Uh, it was acknowledging, Lord, you provide, you take care of me, you feed me. I'm grateful for the harvest. I'm grateful for the abundance that you have provided for me. And so um, they would present it and wave it before the Lord. See, Jesus is the fine flower that it represented. He was the fine flower that was, he was the fine flower that was wheat ground. It was ground crushed, sifted, and baked to remove and overcome the leaven of sin because it also had leaven in it, which represents sin. So Jesus... Which permeates the entire loaf, right? Exactly. So if you have sin in your life, it's permeating your Mm -hmm. whole, everything about you. Yeah. Every area. Yeah. Very, very true. Good point. And, but Jesus... But Jesus... (laughs) But my Savior. Yes. So he, the fine flour is in that loaf that has the leaven representing the overcoming power. That Jesus Christ, it, we are, and two, so he was fully God and fully man, but he was without sin, right? But that, that leaven of sin represents humanity. And the, the, the reason he came was to redeem us and to cleanse us from that sin. But Jesus ha- Jesus came without spot and blemish, but he was ground, 
like flour. He was crushed. He was sifted and baked to remove and overcome the leaven of sin. And because remember what happened to him? In the Garden of Gethsemane, the garden that, that represented an olive orchard, whenever they, they take olives and they have to crush them, they have to, 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 to literally crush them for the oil to come out, which that anointing comes from that crushing. That, that He was symbolically, I believe, in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Garden of Crushing. Mm-hmm. Of well, pressing, and he was sweating blood. Yeah, while he was praying too. Mm-hmm. So, try, you know, asking God to, if it, if he could, to remove the cup. But if mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. so be His will. He was so he was sweating that blood. It was a such a, intensity. It was an intense moment. He had to make it. He had to stay in agreement with what the Father was doing. Yes, in the big picture, he was becoming salvation, the sacrifice for every sin we could ever commit. And he had a choice, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he was well, fully man. He not, probably could have, could have chosen. And, of course, the, the <laughs> devil was tempting him. Right, sure. Uh, and trying to keep him from going the whole distance. Right, but he knew the power of God. Yeah, <laughs> he and, knew, and he knew what it was going to And he knew the take. plan of God. Yeah. yeah, and he knew what it was going to take to redeem man. Mm-hmm. Everything he had. Mm-hmm. It was going to take every bit of his life. Mm-hmm. It was going to take laying down his life, fully surrendering, uh, and being becoming the sacrifice. I can't even imagine what that felt like. No. And, and, I, and that prayer, you know, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Mm-hmm. Not the lesser will of his own will, but your will. Not his flesh. Yeah. Not letting his flesh control him. And so in that garden, that decision was fully um, ratified, fully fully committed. I'm going the whole distance. I, I, no, devil, you have no part in me. I'm pouring out my life's blood. So it started in the Garden of Gethsemane, that, uh, what they call this, his passion, right? And he was passionately praying. He was laying down his life. He was saying no to the will of the flesh and saying yes to the will of the Father. But then he goes on and he's, you know, he's arrested. He's, he's beaten. Uh, he's mocked. He's scoffed at. You know, he's spat upon. Uh, he's rejected. He's persecuted. Carrying his own cross. Yeah, carrying his own cross. Yeah. <laughs> they pulled out his beard. Mm-hmm. They, I, I just can't imagine all the things that he endured. I don't think we could, we just can't wrap our finite brain around that kind of suffering and that kind of love and that kind of sacrifice, but he did it. And uh, you know, he was. They took a crown of thorns and shoved it into his head, and the blood ran down. Uh, he was um, nails in his hands and his feet, actually spikes, a sword in his side. Uh, everybody forsook him. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it was just. He was all utterly alone. Yeah. And he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Mm-hmm. See, Even his father, yeah. it felt like his father had forsaken yeah. him at well, that time. The father, you know, the, 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 the wrath of the, uh, against sin 
poured out on Jesus that like the roasting of a lamb, mm-hmm. the fiery wrath, the cup of the wrath of God's fury upon Jesus, the only begotten son that I mean the the one that he loved so much uh, for God so loved the world, he loved us, he gave his only begotten son that he so loved, right? That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So he roared down on him all the punishment that we deserved. That we deserved. He didn't deserve it. He was without sin. And every whole, human deserved. Every deserved. Yeah. It was from <laughs> from the beginning of humanity to the end, to the you know, forever. It's for anyone that ever would be born. All of it coming together. The wrath against sin. Jesus was ground for, he was crushed, he was sifted, and he was baked to remove and overcome the leaven of sin, the power of sin. To those of us who will receive and accept him as Savior, he paid the ultimate price. And that was the Passover lamb. Uh, The Passover lamb is still being offered to you today. He is still the Lamb of God. John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so today, if you say, You know what? I've never I, I, I've never truly partaken of the Passover Lamb. I've never truly received him. I've never truly celebrated the feast of Passover because I haven't accepted the blood that was shed for me. I haven't appropriate. See, we have to appropriate that that sacrifice. We have to appropriate that Passover lamb. And I'm going into this because it's the first. Pentecost is the second. And it's important that you understand the Passover uh, the Passover lamb. Jesus is our Passover lamb. In other words, see, the wages of sin, guys, is death. And when you have the blood of lamb applied to your life or the doorpost of your life, then the Passover of the punishment of sin and death passes over you. Isn't that awesome? That the Passover of sin and death uh, he, he, because of the blood applied to your life, it passes over. Thank you, Father. And we don't get what we deserve. Right. I'm so <laughs> grateful. We don't get what we deserve. I know we, who I was before Christ, and I'm grateful. I don't have yeah. to pay for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and the way you accept that, the way that you do that is you just say, Lord, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that you were the sinless Son of God who came to die for my sin, for my sins. I repent, Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to wash me. I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to change me. I invite you into my life to be the Lord of my life. Where I'm no longer sitting on the throne of my life, you sit on the throne. Direct me and guide me and teach me and train me. I want you in my life and I accept the sacrifice. 
and the, the remission or the forgiveness of my, of my sins, I accept it because I believe that you died for me. I believe that you shed your blood for me. And I accept it for me. And I believe, because I've confessed with my mouth and I believe in my heart, that I am now born again, a new creation in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said that prayer, praise God, hallelujah, there's a new name written in the Lamb's Book of Life in heaven with your name written. Your name is written in there now because you've become a new creation. It's All wonderful. Heaven is going, woo! Yeah, right. They are celebrating. They <laughs> are all, so excited. Yeah, they're rejoicing with you. Yes, and we rejoice with you. Yes. In fact, would you call our prayer line? If you need prayer for anything, anybody can call. But if you if you said that prayer with me, call our prayer line, 866-241-0579. 866-241-0579. We have anointed, trained prayer ministers that will pray for you, and we'll send you out some uh, scriptures that will help you and minister to you, and uh, we just want to rejoice with you. Also, you can go to our website at luada.org, L-O-U-A-D-A.org, L-O-U-A-D-A.org, and uh, you can... Uh, you can listen to previous podcasts and of our Be Free radio program. You can watch our actual Be Free, Be Free TV program. And uh, there's tons and tons of free resources to build you up in your faith, to encourage you, to, to teach you. And that's, uh, we want to build the kingdom of God and we want to equip and, and be a part of what God is doing in your life. And there's so many, there are just tons and tons of free resources on there at Lurada.org. Also, if anyone would like to give and donate to help us continue preaching the gospel on radio and TV, also at our conferences and traveling to, to different churches and, and ministries and, and being able to speak uh, and lead worship uh, and or lead worship, uh, you can go to our website at lueda.org and you can give that way. And we would be so blessed. And I believe, Dawn, I really believe that when people give to our ministry, that they are partnering with the anointing, they are partnering with preaching of the gospel, they are, part, they are partnering with people being set free and delivered, they are partnering with be, people being taught about the kingdom of God, and uh, you are then a partner in the fruit of the reward that we shall receive see when we stand before the Lord. And so, if the Holy Spirit puts it on your heart, and only if He puts it on your heart, you can go give at lueda.org or you can call our prayer line and give that way to 866-241-0579. Don't go anywhere. We will be right 